Welcome back, everybody, to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here with a new co-host, Brian Henn. Brian, say hello. It's been a long time. Hello, everybody. Brian, we're glad to have you. Sloan is uh, not an off-season podcaster. I think it's a, a little bit too deep in the NFL for him. It's been about a month since we were on the feed, so we're glad to be back recording, giving you some new content. Got a great lineup today. A lot has happened in the NFL. Rookie rookie draft right around the corner for us and for the NFL. So a lot of excitement, a lot of changes. We'll be going through all of the big transactions in the NFL that have happened so far and just kind of talking about what we think the impact will be on our league. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I do think, you know, probably a good idea to pull Sloan off the air right now. I think it's, uh, you do have to know more than, you know, 30 players in the NFL to be able to do a true, you know, off-season analysis. So he's a good in-season guy. Give the hot takes. Yeah, and it's honestly, it'll be fun because a lot of Sloan's players have been impacted. I mean, <laughs> Devontae Adams yeah. and Tyree Kill, his two cornerstone players, both moved on to different teams. So, yeah. And uh, don't don't want to ruin it, but I feel like neither neither went in the right direction. <laughs> no, no, I definitely agree. Well, cool. I think we can go ahead and jump in. Uh, I, I think we'll just kind of go down transaction by transaction. I feel like the big one that impacted the maybe the most players in our league was probably the Russ to Denver uh, movement. You know, I, I don't I, I, I you are a DK Metcalf owner. I'd love to get your thoughts, kind of how you felt about the trade. Do you think, you know, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand, how we feel about Russ, but I'd love to hear your thoughts more officially. Yeah, um, obviously, this was this was definitely a big trade uh, for me as DK's owner, as you mentioned. And I I would say definitely initial initial shock was, uh, you know, once that wore off, I, I can't say I was thrilled with the idea of my my star 24 year old receiver losing his, you know, potential Hall of Fame quarterback um but you know and kind of evaluating Russell like he's he's tough in fantasy just because he goes through these he plays such a weird brand of offense compared to kind of the other you know top-notch fantasy quarterbacks and it, it just makes him him and his weapons like uber unreliable like you you just have you're riding this roller coaster week to week with his weapons that that can just it, it can really bite you in the butt and so I, I thought it was telling in that, you know, like DK's stats, if you look at last year, like he got off to a slow start, like Tyler Lockett was, was, you know, going crazy early in the season, you know, he made you look like a, look like a genius, that's for sure. But, um, you know, Tyler Lockett was eating up all the, all the receptions and targets early in the season. And, you know, DK was just looking like he was going to have a huge drop off year, and then like he and Russ started to click and he was, he was the red zone target. He was, you know, hauling in these big touchdowns. And then, you know, Russ went out with his injury and, and DK had, had a good little run with Geno Smith. And, you know, I'm, I'm setting myself up like, man, I got to get out of Waffle House bid here at the end of the season. So I was like hyped for Russell to come back and DK like performed like wide receiver 50 with, you know, Russell Wilson after coming back from injury. So it's just, it's hard to trust DK or it's hard to trust Russell, I'd say. Um, So I I think in the short term, it's going to seriously hurt me as DK's owner, but I'm really hoping that, 
you know, if the Seahawks draft a rookie this year or next or whoever, you know, I think there's there's a potential bright future for DK. So that's why, you know, like I, I you know, didn't didn't trade him right off the bat or anything like that. I got to wait it out some. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I it is it's a weird thing with Russ. And to be honest, like I was trying to trade, you know, I, I sent you a few offers for DK, not cheap offers, even like some yeah. real, real offers. I mean, I can understand why you want to hold. I think what you saw in Gino is kind of similar to what I was thinking, right? When bad quarterbacks play, they normally like heavily rely on one guy and DK is really good. So it makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I think like, I think worst case scenario is that drew lock is the quarterback. Cause he is really bad. I think that is pretty worst case. Yeah. yeah. Like even Baker would be, uh, I think quite a significant upgrade from drew lock. Yeah. Although I was texting on good today and I feel like Baker's track record is like proven to make wide receivers worse. Like that's what that is true. That is true. My only, my only hope with a guy like DK is like just with him being such a big body wide receiver, I feel like even with a bad quarterback, he's probably going to, going to hog a, a, you know, large share of like red zone targets yeah. Just because like, you know, if Drew Locke or Baker or whoever's, you know, playing quarterback for them is is in trouble in the red zone and doesn't know where to go with it, their their number one thought is going to be, I'm just going to lob it up to DK and see if he can come down with it. So I, I hope that, you know, it might work in my benefit in the red zone, but man, like I think I think DK is, is in for a very up and down season next year. I think when they play good defenses that can keep them out of the red zone. I see a lot of four, five, six point performances from DK. And then, you know, I think he'll be able to sprinkle in enough, you know, 15, 20 point perform performances to, to stay, you know, stay a starter. What are your, what are your, uh, so I'm curious, what are your thoughts for, I think, you know, Colin has Russell Wilson, if I believe. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Colin, Colin's outlook with Russell going from the Seahawks to the Broncos? I mean, this isn't an original take, but I really believe it is true in that I don't think Russ's value changes too much going from uh, Seattle to Denver. I think, like, if you look at Sutton, Judy, Patrick versus Lockett, Metcalf, I don't feel like there's too much of a difference. I mean, you could maybe argue Javante in the run game is a lot more reliable, but I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's... I think Colin kind of stays the same and it's maybe a little bit more exciting because it's a new system. Potentially maybe Russ, you know, revitalizes his career a little bit. He's had a rough last couple of years, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think the, it's a big impact for Colin. I think it would have been hard for him to upgrade from what he was in Seattle. I I was going to say my, my, I have two kind of hot takes from this trade. Um, I get, well, I guess three, but my, my, non-fantasy football hot take is I don't necessarily think the Broncos are going to be that good next year. I, their defense is awesome, but like kind of to your point, you know, Russell, Russell and the Seahawks were what a six and 10 team with, you know, or maybe seven and 10 team with very much the same, you know, type of weapons that they have in Denver. And, you know, maybe the defense is good for two or three more wins, but I still feel like they're just a fringe wildcard contender. Um, anyway, back to fancy, the, the two kind of big hot takes is I think Javante is the big winner. Like to me, I, I think you are a lucky man and that you, I, to me, it's just going to draw so many defenders out of the box, having Russell, you know, throwing to, to some of those wide receivers that I think you're going to see a bunch of, you know, six, seven man fronts for Javante to run against. 
Yeah, and it's looking like they won't be able to re-sign Melvin Gordon. Yep. So that's like my big. I'm really hoping that he doesn't come back. I'm not. I'm not expecting anything because, you know, free agency's obviously been wild this year. But I definitely agree. I think it's big for Javante. Um, it was nice for Judy. I think it was good for all of the Denver receivers. Now yep. I, I don't know exactly how good it will be, and I think that's the tough part. And I partially why I moved Judy today is I just don't want to be in the game of like figuring out who ends up being Russ's favorite target. Cause I do think all three of those guys are like pretty competent NFL players. And so, you know, I don't think Russ is going to be like, Oh, I have to throw to one of these guys. Cause also none of them are super proven either. So yeah, I think it'll be a bit of a wild card when it comes to the fantasy receivers. I don't, that's why I tried to, I've been trying to get Sutton from Dylan too, because I just have no idea which one's going to actually win out. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's a crapshoot, I would say. What are your uh, where, which side of uh, of the Noah Fant uh, storyline do you land on? I, I know Mike was was at least initially disappointed with with seeing Fant uh, Fantley. What are your what are your takes? Well, I love seeing Mike suffer. So from that perspective, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, it's there's nothing better than it. The whole juju thing, like, ugh, so annoying that he's now the wide receiver one for the Chiefs. I think seriously. That's like, just gift wrapped to him. I just want to see Mike lose, I think, more. And, and, and you should see our text messages. It's literally like anytime something good happens to one of our players, the other person's like, yeah, I guess, but probably they're still going to suck. So I think that's okay. I've been uh, sorry to interrupt, but I've been trying to uh, drive down Mike's view of Elijah Mitchell recently. I've been uh, doing some some big propaganda against Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> it's not hard to do, honestly. No, it's no. A, it's a weird player for Mike to hold on to. So. Elijah Mitchell sucks, and he should deal into me. Yeah. End of story. I'll take yeah. I'll take care of him for him. Anyway, yeah. back Mike to Mike should trade him before the draft, I agree. Um, yeah. But yeah, as it relates to Noah Fan, I mean, it seems like it's just add to the list of Mike's middling tight ends, you know, like – He's got a bunch of tight end five through 15s. Maybe five is even a little bit generous, maybe like eight through 20s. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to thrive in, in Seattle. He's good, but he's not great. My, so this, this kind of leads me to my third hot take on this trade. I think Noah Fant has a chance to, to be a better tight end with whatever quarterback he ends up with in Seattle than he does with Russell Wilson in Denver. Russell Wilson has proven throughout his career that he does not prioritize the tight end. There is not like, you know, they bring Jimmy Graham to Seattle and Jimmy Graham barely, you know, barely did anything. They've got all these kind of, you know, athletic tight ends. They had, uh, um, Jared Everett last year and he you know he didn't do too much so I, I'm not even sure he would have gotten much run in Denver obviously playing with Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield isn't good for him either but I of, of all the star quarterbacks to for you know to be traded to your tight ends team I think Russell Wilson's probably the one you want the least yeah it was probably a lose-lose situation for fan anyway there's just way too many weapons in, in yep. Denver I have a tough time thinking he'll be better in Seattle I know it's a bit of a Drew reach. But... was also there. In, uh, in <laughs> that's Denver, true. And he sucks. And that's true. I, you know, it's, I, don't, I, I am a little bit sus of that. I remember us all hopping on the Gerald Everett hype train ahead of our, oh, yeah. our draft last year. Where we were like, this guy's the sleeper, you know, like he's going <laughs> to put up uh, tight end five numbers, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on the fan piece, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How do you feel about the Broncos receivers? 
Like, do you think it's clear? Like, do you feel good about which one's going to pop out? Like, do you think it's clearly Judy or Sutton? Like, where are you at on that piece of it? I I tend to see, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be di- a difficult season owning any of the Broncos wide receivers. I, I like, I'm kind of glad I'm not in that game. That's uh, to your point, I think going to be really tough trying to, you know, hash out who is, you know, who's going to, who's going to hit one week or who's going to hit the next. Um, I think probably the biggest boost comes to Cortland Sutton, just in terms of, you know, he's been injured when he's not injured, he's been playing with bad quarterbacks, but he's still putting up, you know, pretty decent numbers. If he can, if he stays healthy, gets a full off season working with Russ, like, I think, I think he could probably, you know, be the one that improves the most. Um, but yeah, it, it too early to tell on any of them, in my opinion. Like, until we get a couple games under our belt, it's going to be really difficult to hash out who does well. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a total crapshoot right now, which I think is what scared me off and why, like, my first instinct was, like, try to acquire Sutton. But Dylan is, like, he's not even, you can't even talk fantasy with him in the offseason. Nope. It's like a, it's an impossible conversation. So, I, uh, but before I... Uh, got uh, Marcus Mariota from you. I was texting him about <laughs> Carson Wentz and Jimmy G. And I, I should read the text message, but it was just so funny because I was like, you know, any chance, any chance, you know, I could get Carson Wentz or Jimmy G from you. And he goes, yeah, I'd be open to trading them. But also like, I'm not going to do it yet because maybe Deshaun Watson's thing isn't figured out and maybe he doesn't actually play. So actually I think I'm just going to hold on. Like, you know, <laughs> it was, it went, did a complete 180 in the, in one text message. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Dylan's definitely shut it down for the off season. He's too nice. He needs to be more like Merida. Like whenever I text Merida now, he'll just say no, like yeah. that's it. He'll just say no. And yeah. I kind of like it because it's like, well, at least I know. Yeah. that I'm just wasting my time, you know, yep, definitely. I got a, I got a probably not from Tommy this afternoon, which I feel <laughs> like is, is uh, the nice version of what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, that's, it's a, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's been a tough off season. Cause I feel like it's, there's like, I think Dylan, Austin, Tommy Sloan, not really trading. I think it will be, you'd have to be such a pain in the ass to get them to trade this off season. Yeah. I agree. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what would, uh, moving on from the rust deal, what would you say is, is the second most impactful, you know, free agent signing or trade or anything like that? I mean, it's unfortunate because he's a total scumbag, but probably the Deshaun Watson news was the biggest going to Cleveland. And honestly, not even just the fact that he was going to Cleveland, but trying to evaluate like where he was going to land and like how to, approach the players because at one point there was like five different teams that he might go to yeah um so you were like do i need to try and pick up players from this team or that team i mean that was kind of why i picked up in joku because i was like well maybe he goes to cleveland i you know i don't i don't like him at all but i'm like you know if yeah. he's gonna play there might as well get a tight end out of it yeah so. yeah i feel like uh i feel like the cleveland browns kind of like you know, signed a deal with the devil in this one of, you know, they've just been in quarterback purgatory for 20 years and, you know, they thought they figured it out with Baker, but it was kind of, you know, it was a trick. He wasn't actually that good. And so now they just said, you know what, screw it. Like, we're just going to go for the terrible dude that like happens to be good <laughs> at football. And like, we're just going to hope that the football gods, you know, forgive us. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, you know, 
I think from from a fantasy perspective, it was, you know, I, I was definitely in a wait and see approach with the Deshaun trade, you know, just from who a who knows how much he actually plays this year. I mean, for all we know, he could be suspended for, you know, a portion, if not all of the year. Yeah. Uh, but then B, you know, like if we if we kind of assume that he is playing like, you know, what does Deshaun Watson look like a year and a half removed from his last football game? Like, you know, the Deshaun we remember could very well not be the Deshaun that we get this season. Um, you know, is, is he much, you know, is he as good as he was? I, that's, that's, I think still kind of to be determined. And then, you know, how does he look within, within that Browns offense? You know, it's a, it's definitely a new Browns offense in terms of the whiteouts, you know, with Amari Cooper there, they've kind of, they seem to be favoring Don, Donovan Peoples-Jones now. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry's gone. It's uh, it's Donovan Peoples Jones' yeah, team, honestly. DBJ or, DBJ or bust, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a breakout, breakout year for DPJ. Yes, yes yeah. <laughs> Wide receiver 10, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be one of those things where, like, nobody would be unhappy seeing it fail miserably. You know, Same. like, if, it, yeah. if he sucked and they sucked, like, and they had to just keep paying him all that money and they just were horrible. That would be pretty yeah. great. So that would be, I would really enjoy watching that Yeah, and, and just keep hemorrhaging draft picks to the Texans. Yeah, yeah. That would be, that would be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I, uh, oh, good. Well, no, I was just going to say like, what are your, uh, you know, if you're Dylan, what are you doing with, with Deshaun and your other quarterbacks? Well, I think personally we should suspend Dylan from the, I agree for rostering Deshaun. Yeah. However long Deshaun's suspension is, that's how long Dylan's is. Yes. I like it. This this should go into the bylaws next year. Yeah. Yeah. If If you you have a player rostering a suspended player. Yeah. That, (laughs) although that would hurt me because, you know, my player did bet $1,500 on, uh, that's true. That's, you know, that's the worst thing you can do. You also, you also had Antonio Brown there for a while. So I, I feel like you just, you're kind of the bad boy team, you know, like, I'm Michael Just Thomas rough. too. Maybe less of a bad boy, but kind of a, a mixed bag. Yeah. I like the upside players and yeah. the downside players, I guess, is more yeah. of a thing. <laughs> but I guess if I'm Dylan, I mean, like purely from a fantasy football perspective, it's awesome, right? Like he lucked yeah. out. I think it went about as well as it possibly could have. And that kind of sums up Dylan's whole like thing in this league since it started that everything went as well as it possibly could have, I think yeah. is about his, the summary of, of his experience. So, you know, you just hold, you can't sell. Yeah. I mean, unless you get like a, a, a great, you know, it's even hard to want to sell because the elite QBs are, almost untouchable in our league. Like, I don't know yeah. how you upgrade to one of them without also giving a good one in return. So what's the, just hypothetically speaking, sorry to put you on the spot, but what's your, um, what's the the deal, you know, if you're Deshaun Watson's owner, what's the deal that you get sent that gets you to, to part with him? What's a rough outline of that? I mean, it would probably need to be, you know, Dylan's QB situation is not good. Like if he's his second QB is Carson Wentz and Jimmy G like that's not what you want as your QB too. So if I'm thinking if I'm Dylan and somebody wants to trade, I'd probably be like Derek Carr or like a Kirk Cousins and maybe like two firsts or like a first and a young player. Like yeah. it would it would be steep and you know it sucks that you a player is worth that much who's that bad. But I think yeah. it's uh I think you know he's if he 
comes back looking anything like he did beforehand, he's a top 10 dynasty asset. Yeah. No, couldn't agree more. I think that's that's spot on. But I don't know. What do you think? Would that would that be your deal too, or would you want to? Would you would you part for less than that just to not have the juju on your like the bad juju, <laughs> not juju Smith Schuster, but the bad like uh, yeah, Omen. yeah. I no, I, I think that's pretty pretty accurate to me. I I probably would have pulled the trigger for a little bit less, you know, two months ago when when there was still so much uncertainty around the situation. But now, you know, now that it seems like there's there's you know some f- finality in it, I think I think you hold him. And plus, like you said, I Dylan's Dylan's dynasty experience is a lesson in patience for all of us that have uh, that's very just true. wheeled and dealed our way through the first. He has year. not traded at all. Still the only <laughs> untraded team. I yeah, other than some random third round pick or something, it's oh, it's yeah. all natural. Yeah, but right. but I mean, still I. Who cares compared to the rest of us? That's, that's nothing child. Yeah. Child's play. Yeah. 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 I think so. the real winner of this trade though is, uh, is it the, the quarterback Davis Mills. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> solidified, I think is the starter in Houston. It doesn't look like they're interested in drafting a quarterback. I've been, yeah. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on like Texans Twitter now. Like that's how deep in this I am. Like I'm following the Texans tweets, like who should we draft with these picks? I'm feeling really good about Davis, and I think the Texans are too. So I'm really pumped that they didn't take a quarterback in return for this trade. Yeah, no, I'm I I do have to give you your props because that was even even at the end of last season, I didn't want to touch Davis Mills for anything more than like a third round pick. And honestly, I still don't. I not necessarily because I don't think he's going to be starting, but. I, it just seems like a, a risk I'm not willing to part with top assets for, but at the end of the day, like you stuck with him, and, and I I'm impressed because I never really envisioned him walking into the season as, as a starting quarterback. And I guess, you know, a lot of that just comes from essentially the only games that I watched, uh, I, I was watching of Davis Mills this last year was against the Colts and he looked truly atrocious in those like, <laughs> talking like 90 yards passing three interceptions no touchdowns like it was not what you wanted from a fantasy quarterback and I'm like man if he's capable of that I'm not sure I want him on my team but then he also had he ended the season really hot so I I think it's a big you know big vote of confidence to him and I agree with you I don't think they're in any position to draft quarterback this year I don't think they have any need to I I would argue Davis Mills is probably better than any of the quarterbacks available you know, at least for this next season. Um, I think you're, I, if I were you, I would be, be really, really uh, anxious about the first eight or nine games of last year because, or of next year, I should say, because I think it's going to be make or break for him. I I could see him getting pulled quickly. I could see them, you know, tanking for, for a top quarterback, but it, it could go either way. Yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks this year, like that I, I think are kind of like, teetering right and maybe this is common and i just don't really notice it that much because we're more in like the dynasty format now um but with all the qb movement i mean like to uh mariota trubisky wentz goff like there's a jimmy g if he comes out yeah. starting this year there's so many quarterbacks who you feel like a few bad games and they're just like they're not even starting for you anymore and then yep. it's just a super roster clogger that you have sitting in- on 
this this that point actually brings me back to like one of one of Matt and I's favorite discussions is back when I owned Tua was like is Tua the better dynasty asset or is Daniel Jones the better dynasty asset <laughs> and we were just going back and forth. It's, it's still like, close. Both, I think it's I still close. Yeah, both quarterbacks could like literally be benched any week, but yeah. both of them could also be like guaranteed starters for like three or four more years too. So it's like you just don't. I mean, it's so up in the air. And yeah, yeah. And so that was that was a, a favorite argument of ours. And yeah, you know, your comment there reminded me of that. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, it's 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 just so the NFL is so weird. I'm even somebody like Jalen Hurts, right? Like. You never know. Like you're always, I don't know. I just would hate having that kind of anxiety about quarterbacks. And I know that's kind of what you're dealing with now on your team. Yeah. How are you feeling? Like now that all the free agent signings, the quarterback situation across the league seems to be pretty short up, excluding kind of where Baker lands, most yeah. likely Seattle or, you know, just a backup somewhere. Yeah. It seems like the real front running rookie quarterback right now is Malik Willis. And then it's like everybody else. Yeah. Where would your ideal landing spot for him? I imagine he'll be in your first two picks right now because he's the highest upside guy. Yeah, no, definitely. And honestly, I, I think, you know, I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag that much that I, I would be really shocked if I don't walk out of this draft with Malik Willis. So I, I do think that's a pretty fair assumption. So I, to me, he's probably one of my first two picks, regardless of where he goes. Mm-hmm. After that, it is going to be totally situational based. Like if I get... You know, I, I feel like the Steelers are, are a team that's definitely going to be looking to go quarterback. Um, you know, if they if they end up drafting one in the first round, that could be somebody that I go with. I really like um, the uh, like the commander situation. Like if if we get a <laughs> feels weird to say I had to catch the commanders guy. Yeah, the commanders. <laughs> yeah. Big commanders fan here. But um, yeah, it's like I, you know getting a quarterback that gets to, you know, play with Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin is, is, is pretty nice. So that would be, you know, another landing spot. I like a lot. I maybe Atlanta, like I, Atlanta just feels like two or three years away. So that one's a little nerve wracking. My big, the one I really, really, really want to have happen is I want the Colts to trade up into the first round into, you know, that 27 to 32 range to get that fifth year option on a quarterback and then go take, you know, if a Desmond Ritter is available or, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, whoever's there, go take them. That would be a situation too, that I would really like to have, you know, my, my quarterback be in. So I I think Malik Willis is a lock beyond that. Like I could see myself walking out with three quarterbacks if they land in the right situations. (laughs) Like if they, if they all land in prime situations, I'd take all three. If they land and, you know, if one of them goes to Carolina or Houston or, you know, maybe Atlanta, like then maybe I hesitate and and go a different direction. So we'll see. Yeah. I think clearly the best team is Pittsburgh. Like I agree. Just from a like culture standpoint, this feels kind of like the draft where Pittsburgh takes a quarterback and they won't do it again for a really long time. Like I feel like a lot of these other teams, they're going to be caught in the like cycle of eternally drafting a quarterback, right? Like, yeah. But Pittsburgh, I think, is the odd team out in that it's kind of a like this could be their one year, and whoever they get, like, it's it's likely yeah. going to be their guy, and they have a good team too, so that always helps. Yeah, and something that I think, like, I've really learned over the last you know couple, I would say maybe even last month, is that 
as a dynasty player, like I feel it's extra important now to be specifically in the quarterback market, be looking like six months down the road. You know, I, in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know why I was rostering some of the crap players that I had on my roster at the end of last season, instead of rostering Marcus Mariota or Mitchell Trubisky or, you know, guys like that. And maybe this, you know, like it, like you said, we're, we're new to this. Maybe this is a one-off where like this many quarterbacks are moving teams and, you know, backups are becoming starters and starters are becoming backups, but like this, I, I, I'm kicking myself as a team that desperately needed a quarterback all season that I didn't sit there and think, why not like toss these guys on my roster? If they, you know, sign somewhere that they're going to be a backup, I can always drop them then. But what, what are your, what's your take on that? It feels like with the two QB league, it's just a moving target. Yeah. Well, I mean, with how perfectly I executed it, it's hard to say that, um, you know, like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I have the same you did. thoughts. You did. I did. I got really lucky. I mean, to have Trubisky and Mariota both end up signing as starters, like that's about as good as it can go. I think the hardest part about like for the guys who are like super deep into the league, like care about it a lot, is you get this like weird attachment to these players on your bench that are total shit. You know, like <laughs> for example, like. Robbie Anderson was that for me. I was like, I can't drop Robbie. Like he's going to come back. And somebody like Tommy or Austin would be like, Oh, Robbie hasn't put up any points this year. Boom. Off my roster. <laughs> like they are much better about making these, like, I think like quick decisions about like yeah. players they can get rid of. I think Austin in particular is really good at it. Like yeah. he did it with Dawson Knox last year. Um, I, 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 there's other players that he's done it with too, but this yeah. ability to not hold on to these like potential guys or, you know, that have proven nothing like because at the end of the day a starting quarterback like that is immediate value like yeah there's so many wide receivers so many running backs there's you know quarterbacks are what really matter they're king in our league i i am so traumatized by that though because i i rostered gabe davis all year last year like i i hunted (laughs) him out at the end of the draft i'm like i love this guy that's a great example yes i'm like he is so good and he's Josh Allen's second target. Like he's this big bodied young wide receiver. Like he's going to have a breakout and he was terrible all year. And I, I finally convinced myself that I could drop him with the idea of like, if he has a decent week, I can always go get him again and, you know, have him back. And sure enough, like Sloan randomly picks him up like weeks after I dropped him. It's not like anybody was waiting for him. Yeah. Weeks after I drop him, Sloan picks him up and has he has a breakout playoff game and now looks like a, a bona fide, you know, wide receiver two for next year. So like I I feel like you know I've got Deami Brown sitting on my bench. Deami Brown didn't do anything all that year is, last yes. year. Deami Brown is a perfect example of like, <laughs> I'm uh... like he's gonna break <laughs> out any day now. So no, I that's totally hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's just so hard because you're like you read this analytics, you're like, okay, you get decent draft capital. Like, is he going to hit the benchmarks? And it's like, I don't know. And and I think I'm so quick to discount older players that like start doing something at the beginning of the season. I'm like, oh, they're just going to go back to sucking or whatever. And I think that whole potential piece is kind of what can, can hold us back. Because I've even had a tough time in this offseason. Like, there's probably some moves I should have made um, for certain players, but it's just hard to be like, okay, I'm going to drop them. Like, for example, Teddy Bridgewater, I was like, 
like maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't. Like, I don't need to hold this on my roster. I'd rather have yeah. somebody like Njoku that could maybe come and get me some points. So yeah, no, exactly. So so um getting back into kind of real life NFL moves, what uh, I feel like the the next biggest one to cover is probably the Devontae Adams trade um to the Raiders. So what's you know, who are your winners and losers from that one? I mean, it'll be in. I don't know if Devontae is a loser per se. Like, I don't think it's a, gr- I mean, Derek Carr, I think is competent. So I think it will work. Okay. But Aaron Rod, you know, moving from Aaron Rodgers is tough. Biggest loser, I think is Aaron Rodgers. You know, that hurts for Tommy's team. Who's going to be a wide receiver there. They'll probably draft one in the first, but it's still like rookie receivers is not who you want as your number one option. It just takes some time for them to develop unless, you know, you're like Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase or whatever. Yeah, they're the outliers, though. Yeah, so I think yeah. he's a loser. Devontae Adams is a winner. Hunter Renfro, I think, is kind of a loser. And the only reason is I can't recall a team that has been able to consistently support three starting receivers like in fantasy that you're like, oh, I can start all three of these guys. So you're automatically starting Waller and Devontae. Like, do you think Renfro becomes a consistent start? I don't know. I think it's tough. See, I almost wonder though, like Waller was having such a tough year last year. It's like, I almost wonder if that was the death knell to Waller Mm. and a a big boon to Hunter Renfro that like, you know, so much of the defense's attention is going to shift to to Devontae. I feel like Derek Carr is a huge winner in this. Like, good Lord. I mean, talk about an offense. That's, that's a loaded offense. I think Josh Jacobs is a winner, which of course, you know, another Dylan player. Another Dylan. Yeah. uh, Like that's, you know, the box is going to completely open up for him. I I feel, I'd feel really good if I owned Derek Carr or, or Josh Jacobs. Um, What do you, what do you think this does to the Packer, the other Packer weapons? So I'm looking, you know, Aaron Jones, you know, Valdez scaling, if you were to come back in free agency, you know, like <laughs> what, what does it do there? I mean, they got to bring in a free agent. I mean, I'm hopeful of like somebody like Will Fuller signing in a fun spot like that. That's kind of, I mean, obviously personal bias, but even somebody like Julio or OBJ, Jarvis yeah. Landry, like one of these guys coming in kind of filling that spot. Um, I think for the Packers backfield, like that is a mess of a backfield and I don't want to, I don't want to touch it. Like Same. I've tr- talk trades with Angud a little bit for like the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon combo, but you're taking up two roster spots for like one good fantasy player, not even like super elite. And so you almost uh, have to start both too. Yes. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah. It's yeah. And I, to me, I, it feels like it's going in the direction of Dylan, but like, I don't think he's a good enough pass catcher to do it by himself. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't feel good about either of those players yeah so i i don't know i think it's i don't love it for the packers obviously any packers weapon i don't think any of those receivers step up like i'm not on a on an urge to add any of them right because even when adams has been out in the past it's never like you're like oh i'm gonna plug and play valdez scaling or lazard you're just like whatever i hope you know if you're that desperate that you have to start one of them then you're you know you don't feel any form of confidence so yeah, I think it's a. No, I think, so like you said, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, big winners. Devontae Adams, fine. Everybody else, you know, kind of a loser a little bit. I don't know. And yeah. I think it comes into that piece of uncertainty that with these trades, like 
it's interesting being in a dynasty league because it's kind of scary, like going into the season with these players that you're like, I hope it's going to work out. Like that's the whole Jerry Judy thing for me too, is I was like, I don't know. And I hate that feeling of uncertainty because it's like the asset could turn to shit in like two weeks if things start looking really bad. Yeah. I had, uh, I was looking today at my roster and I, I realized that, you know, at the trade deadline last year, I moved Cordero Patterson to Matt for, yeah, I think like a second round pick and, and Miles Gaskin, I think. And Gaskin, like, I mean, Gaskin has always been a very frustrating fantasy player to own. Don't get me wrong, but like, he's gone from, you know, up and down frustrating player. Like, is it ever going to truly all come together to like, is he even rosterable right now? Like he's probably droppable. And that it's insane. It it happened in like the span of like two weeks too. Like it, he went from, you know, I'm like, Oh, well he'll be, you know, he, he can be my third flex play, you know, no big deal. I'll, and then, you know, try and improve as the season goes on, figure out who's going to be a more consistent player to now. I'm like, man, I might drop him. Like he's, he's worthless in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's been the big thing scary for me for like as a Clyde Edwards Alaire owner. I'm not totally out on him, but it was been very nice to not see the Chiefs sign any like big RB name to come in to compete because yeah. like it would just be scary. And I think that's the tough part of the offseason is especially with those middling assets, like LaVisca Chanel is a good example for somebody on my team. Like just seeing the Jags sign three receivers like that kind of all play LaVisca Chanel's position. I'm like, okay, now I have this stupid young player that I have to hold on to because I don't feel like I can drop him. I don't know. I, I just can't, I, I wish yeah. our rosters had like five more spots. It's kind of Same. where I'm landing at, but I'm Same. sure nobody else is, is really in that boat. Oh, I'm right like there the with tryhards. You. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like one team whose off season has kind of gone in the opposite direction you know, in terms of, of players improving their positions as Matt, I I think, you know, coming into to free agency, I, I honestly kind of considered his team as the favorite to to blow it up this year. Yeah, because for sure. There, there just doesn't didn't feel like there was a ton of, you know, a ton of certainty in terms of, you know, is he actually going to be able to compete? And especially after the Tom Brady retirement, you're like, he's got to. I mean, you know, he's, he's just rocking with Lamar Jackson and, and AJ Brown at this point. And I, you know, in, in, in obviously Najee too, but um, now it's like Brady came back. So, and I mean, he was damn near the MVP of the league last year. So even if he takes a significant step back, he's still a decent starting quarterback in fantasy. He's yeah. still got Lamar. He got David Montgomery for me, Najee Harris, AJ Brown, T Higgins, Mark Andrews. I'm like, that is a loaded first, you know, first six, seven players off, off, you know, off the bat. And then, I mean, Cordero Patterson, you know, I love Cordero. Kadarius Tony, I think has a, has a chance for a breakout. It gets, I'm not, I'm it not gets saying it's shaky. perfect. The bench but, is shaky. But wait, the, the, the bench is shaky. I agree, but there's two players in here who I think have gone from, and, you know, Matt and I have discussed this. I'm gone from truly like, difficult players to to trust to in my opinion pretty reliable reliable flex options so one is Allen robinson Allen robinson went from like a pretty terrible situation in in chicago to signing a deal that almost guarantees him to be wide receiver too now that robert woods is gone opposite of cooper cup who's going to attract so much attention 
He's got a great quarterback in Matt Stafford. That feels like a flex play to me. And then the other kind of deep sleeper, in my opinion, is Russell Gage. Russell Gage went from a bad, you know, bad situation in Atlanta. And now he's going to be Tom Brady's slot receiver, which is the, like the Mecca of fantasy wide receivers. Like if you have Tom Brady's slot receiver, you, you probably feel pretty good. Um, obviously, I you just know, think until Godwin, once Godwin comes yeah, back, though, yeah, I, yeah. you can't trust Gage. No, I, I would agree with that. But I just, I, it's crazy. I, Matt's team for me went from like he needs to blow it up and sell off, you know, Mark Andrews and and you know Tom Brady and whoever else that you know David Montgomery is as high value as he can get. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, maybe he's a he's. I think he's a fringe playoff team. Like if, if things break right, like, you know, Ryan, I'm going to have to stop you here because Matt's team is pretending to be a good team. I think there's two clear teams that are taking, right? You and Mike, you're not yeah. like, I'm trying to win it all this year. So we have eight teams that are kind of like middling, think they're ready to go. Like if you ask them individually, would all say like, yeah, I'm trying to make the playoffs and win a championship this year. Yeah. You have to have depth with, especially with the third I, yeah. flex now, like you're, you're not going to, you have to have at least two extra players that could start that you would feel pretty comfortable with. Yeah. I think when you're starting Kadarius Tony as like one of your go to flex starters yep. already before any injuries have even happened, like things are going to get scary. Yeah. Two, no, I agree. Might see a real start, even if McCaffrey's not hurt, like there's a chance. Like there's, yeah. There's some tough, there's some tough looks there. And I feel like the depth no. piece is really what's going to drive this year. Cause I think the third flex is huge. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you're spot on with that. And that's, I, I, in my opinion, Matt's team probably needs everything to break right this season to, yeah. you know, he needs to sign the, sign the, you know, Elijah Mitchell of waiver pickups, yeah. you know, in week one, he needs, you know, good injury luck. He needs, you know, everybody's roles to develop well. Um, but good draft I, too needs a really good yes, like his, his 1.08 needs to land. I think if he yep. contends, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. What were your speaking of Matt? What were your uh, kind of takeaways from from uh, the most recent four round mock draft that that he ran us all through? Yeah, I don't. I feel like there's some weird stuff in the mocks. Yeah, because I'm just like. I, I there's like a bunch of like six players that are really tough to determine where they're going to land. I think for me, like the, the top six players are like Malik, Brees, Garrett, Traylon, uh, Drake. And then I think Kenneth Walker is like kind of in that group as well. Yeah. Um, that might be seven is where I'm at right now. I can't, no, I think that's six. That's six. I, yeah. I, I just feel like, I don't know. Those six guys really stand above the rest. And and then you have like Pickett and, you know, all of these other quarterbacks, which I think they're mentioned it. I'll be surprised personally, if you go Pickett before Malik Willis. Yeah. I, I don't think Dylan's going to take a, a quarterback. So I think you have a lot of flexibility with where you actually want to take them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's like that tier of like six guys and I don't even know if they're great, but yeah, that's the tough part about this draft. Considering it's our first rookie draft we've really had to pay attention to, I'm having a tough time like putting it into perspective of how good these players actually are. Yeah, and I, I think that this this year's draft too is going to be weird from future drafts because, you know, if you look back, you know, if we did a rookie draft last year, it would have been Trevor Lawrence, 
you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, probably one picks one through four, like cut and dry and, you know, in whatever order you want to put them in. And then you get, you know, you know, maybe Jamar Chase sneaks in there. Maybe Najee Harris sneaks in there. If you've got a team that needs, you know, needs running backs, wide receivers. And Pitts, yeah, Kyle Pitts too. Well, yes, sorry. Yeah, of course. So it's like, very, very easy to define, you know, who those first seven are going to be in whatever order. This year, it's like Traylon Burks could be, you know, could be Dylan's pick at three, or I could see him like dropping to 10, you know, if, yeah. if there's just, you know, if people are picking other positions, who knows? And I think that's why to me, and I think, you know, to everybody else that, that, you know, follows, follows the draft process and follows, you know, the, the lead up to our rookie draft, as, as closely as I do is going to be all over, you know, situation, 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 like, you know, Brees Hall is a great pick unless he goes to, you know, goes to a, a team that has an established running back already. And yeah. he's just going to be second fiddle, you know? Totally. Yeah. It'll yeah. be a lot of situational stuff this year, even for the receivers too. I don't feel like any of them are like such studs that you're like, I have to take this guy regardless of where he lands. Like I know yeah. they, they talent over like where you, your position, like what team you're on, but I don't know. It's, it's weird. When do you think we should do the rookie draft? I don't feel like we landed on that. Should we do it like right after the NFL draft? Should we wait until we're like deeper into the season? Like any thoughts on a timing for that? Yeah. I, um, uh... So when we first started the league, I kind of assumed that our rookie drafts would be just like our redrafts where, you know, we did rookie draft, you know, three days before the season started. Yeah. And, and I, w- I wasn't necessarily married to that idea, but, you know, that was just kind of what I originally thought. And then I, Matt or Mike or somebody brought up, you know, like, oh, wait, you know, why wouldn't we just do it in May or something? Yeah. And I'm like, I, and now I've come around, like, I'm so excited for it that I want to do it in May or, you know, late April or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I like how terrible would it be for your player to get injured during OTAs or something or, you know, mini camp. And, and, you know, you would have known that if if you drafted them them in September, but you don't in May. So what are you, to me, I, I lean towards May just because I'm so excited for it. But what, what would you prefer? I just want to know who I'm going to have. And I don't feel like outside of injuries, there's any real news. Like, yeah, the draft is the news, right? And I guess you'll probably see some people like training camp hype happens for everyone, right? Like it's not just a rookie thing. So yeah, I don't think there's real value in waiting until later in the year, just like outside of people wanting to procrastinate on it. Personally, I'd like to probably draft a little bit earlier. Yeah. uh, Just because I wanted to know who I have. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, you know, the week after the draft or something like, let's get it, let's get it going and, you know, get these players on our roster. Here's the reason why I, maybe we should wait until closer to when the season starts. Yeah. And that is because of the stupid IR thing. Like if we do it in May, the players that are actually on injured reserve won't be available to put on injured reserve. And so if you've got more than the four picks or whatever, like you can't use those IR slots. So you actually have to drop someone like that's on Dude, your roster. Does the taxi squad thing not come into play? The taxi in- squad would give you your four slots. Like you would have four slots in taxi. Okay. But then you're saying, yeah. Okay. Cause so you have guys that are like obviously on IR, but maybe yeah. we agreed that like 
we would add extra roster slots. I can't remember if we decided we would do that and you'd have to cut I, some by the start of the season. I think I, I think we decided one. not to. I think we, you know, I think we got outvoted on that one. But yeah, that's it is going to be weird. I mean, you're going to have to make some tough cuts for, you know, your fourth round pick, um, you know, if, if uh, that's the route you decide to go. So. It's gonna it's gonna be weird though because we have like half of our half of our owners have more than four picks in this draft and like half of our owners have two or zero. <laughs> so like some you know for some people it's gonna be a huge deal and not, for others it's gonna be nothing. Yeah, I think it, I mean now I have five picks now after the trades that I've gone through. So now I have to start stressing about what I want to do with these extra yeah. roster slots. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Any other uh, big news from the NFL offseason you want to want to cover here? I mean, Tyreek Hill is probably the the last yeah. big one because of today. I mean, I think it hurts Waddle. Like, yeah, it maybe helps Tua, but I don't. I mean, I tried to text Mike about trading for Tua today, and he wanted a first and a second for Tua. I know. <laughs> What are you doing right now? Like, I wouldn't even send that for Kirk Cousins, and I know he's going to start for the next two years. I tried. I tried to trade for Tua too, and I just I instantly removed myself from contention in that one. <laughs> it's like I, I, trading with Mike is is hard. I mean, we did do a trade this offseason for some fab, but it's uh, you know, yeah, he, he doesn't want to. He's got all these quarterbacks, and his we've talked about it many times. His goal is like i just want one or one of them to hit because he knows pat mahomes is good so he just needs one more to be good enough yeah yeah so i don't know no, I, I don't know. know who's gonna sell that for Tua. like yeah when you don't even know if he's gonna be a starting quarterback next year yeah no i and that's i you know kind of along the same lines of my conversation with matt as i i I want Tua because he is uh, more or less guaranteed starting quarterback for next year. But at the same time, I'm like, he could also get benched after week six if he's doing poorly. So yeah, especially now with Bridgewater there, I'm like, they are definitely lining that up where if Tua doesn't look good, they have somebody competent to, to play quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I mean, I think the Bridgewater pickup was pretty good for you, like for what you paid for him for a fourth. Like, I don't feel like that's much to give up. And I was like probably going – I was like debating between dropping him or uh, Will Fuller for Njoku. So I think it worked out for both of us. But, yeah, Yeah. I think the – I think it hurts Kasiki a little bit too. I mean, just because the target volume. I just don't feel confident in that team throwing the ball a lot. So – I feel like anything I, to take targets away is probably bad for the receivers. I was going to say, I feel like, you know, if Tyreek Hill got added to, to, you know, like if, if let's, let's say this a different way. If, you know, Josh Allen was the quarterback of the Dolphins, I feel like Gesicki and Waddle would be improved by, by the addition of Tyreek Hill, just because of, you know, the, the attention that he's going to get. Yeah. But because they've got Tua, it's like there's already kind of a limited number of passing yards to go around and, and targets just because he's so unreliable. And then you also toss in, you know, a guy like Tyreek Hill, who's, you know, going to be a favorite target. I Yeah, I agree with you. I think Kasiki and Waddle are not in the best of situations at this point. No, I, I think it's it's a it's a downgrade for just about everybody. I don't know who really benefits from it. I mean, maybe Tua, well, if he's good. Yeah. Well, but, and I 
to Juju, me, Juju probably, probably yes is yeah. the real beneficiary. Yeah, yeah, and Travis Kelsey to an extent for too. But I Pat Mahomes, I'm like, man, that's that was like the guy that got you know when Pat Mahomes had his five touchdown games, it was because Tyreek was had two or three of them. Like, I yeah. I, I don't feel good about. I mean, obviously Pat Mahomes is still going to be a stud. I'm not you know not discounting that, but you're trying to lowball Mike here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Just lower his lower his uh, evaluation of him. But yeah. yeah, it's I mean the the moves that have been made have had had such a big impact on our on our dynasty league. I'm gonna be I'm I'm sure there's gonna have to be a a, a digest article in the future about you know which players won the off season, which players lost the off season, um, just from from some of the moves that were made. So yeah, be on the lookout. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I think we've covered most of the free agent moves. Anything else you had that you wanted to go over that you thought was big? No, I don't think so. I think that that really, you know, recapped it. I, I think it was good to good to get together and discuss all that. It was, uh, you know, the, just the impact that can have, you know, in being new to Dynasty. I think it was good time to discuss all that. And and now it's it's gear up for the draft. And you know, I'm I'm going to be watching with bated breath on on you know that Thursday. See where everybody lands. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I think hopefully we get a few more moves in the league. I know we had probably the biggest move of the off season was between Angad and I today. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody just agrees. It was a good, even trade. I mean, yeah. there's perfect merit to both sides, a little bit of pick swapping going on, even receivers. Like we'll see what yeah. happens. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I I'm hoping that people are uh, kind of coming out of their shells a little bit now that, uh, you know, free agency is starting to, to wind down a little bit, you know, the trades have happened. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, people are, are anxious to, to start dealing again. Everybody knows I'm always open for business. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's true. There was like a bit of a, like, you know, two week stretch where you're like, Oh, what if my receiver gets an incredible quarterback? You know, yep. like I don't want to risk losing him, but yeah, you know, I don't want to trade for somebody else in case they get a bad one. So it'll yeah. be fun. No, totally agree. I'm looking forward to it. Well, cool. I am too. Thanks, Brian. It's good to be back doing a podcast talking football i missed it i'm really glad it's been like i mean dynasty has made the offseason so much more exciting for me so totally I've, I've really enjoyed i'm glad to be talking about it again i i I'm, I'm glad we're cutting ourselves off because we've we've talked for an hour and i feel like you and i could probably go on for three or four I think I could. More, yeah so. i think i could but yeah we've probably started to lose the audience at this point so <laughs> it's a, probably a good time to to cut it off I agree. All right. If well, Sloan, cool, Brian. If Sloan were on, he'd be giving us the, the cut sign. <laughs> yeah, he'd have finished gone. his second beer by now. He'd be like, guys, <laughs> I'm fucking tired. I'm trying to do laundry. You know, like, I don't even know any of the players you've mentioned for the last <laughs> hour. Like, let's just move on. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, anyway, right. thank you for having me on. It was a blast. Thanks for being here, Brian. I always love you as a co host. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and for Sloan, God bless. God bless, Sloan. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. See you guys.